everyone. My name's Nicole. I'm Brenna. I'm Reed. And this is FitClick. episode, each of the three of us brings a fic to discuss. Sometimes they're themed, sometimes we're not. This is a bog-standard episode, and Brenna has our first fic. Bren, what did you bring for us to talk about today? My pick for this episode is Taking Some Time by Tetrapod. This is a Formula One RPF fic for Daniel and Max. It's a sort of canon-divergent uh, AU fic um, in which Daniel is still a Formula One driver. Um, in this fic, he's driving for McLaren. Um, Max never makes it to Formula One and instead is like a race engineer. Reed, what's your pick? My fic is whitecollar.mp3 by Lucky Dice Kirby. It is for the fandom White Collar. Uh, the pairing is Elizabeth Peter Neal. Um, it is in the style of a fake podcast. It is very fun. I know absolutely nothing about this fandom, but I still had a very good time with it, so I'm excited to get into it. Uh, Nick, what's your pick? My fic for this episode is Untitled Yuletide Fic by Runic Magitech for the fandom's Untitled Goose Game video game, Dream With Fandom, and AO3. It is a very meta fandom, kind of chaotic example of what I think is a pretty quintessential Yuletide fic, and I'm excited to talk about it. So all of our fics today have sort of spins on their original content. <laughs> um, and one, a goose wrecks havoc um in another one it's actually a podcast now about the thing instead of a tv show about the thing um and in the third one one of them is just a race engineer now (laughs) (laughs) um so we thought it might be a fun little thought experiment in our intro today to apply those same concepts to maybe other fandoms that we'd like to see this happen to um this might not make a lot of sense as i'm saying it now hopefully you'll get the gist as we just dive right in yeah do we want to go in the order that we're discussing the fix? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Bren, why don't you kick us off then? Okay, I feel like mine is kind of the most obscure out of these three, or perhaps the one where we were like, well, we have this idea that fits two of the fix. Let's make it fit the third one. <laughs> um, so in this, I'm going to be choosing a character from another form of media that I would like to see be a race engineer for Formula One. Um I don't, I'm not picking this character because I think that they would be good at it. I'm picking this character because I think it would be funny. Um, and I am going to pick Harrow from Hair of the Ninth. Um, honestly, like, pair her with any driver. I'm not picky. I just think, like, that race audio would be hysterical and that she'd not do a good job. <laughs> um, yeah, which does sound like I'm trying to actively sabotage her and a Formula One driver. Um... I just think it. I thought of it briefly, and it brought me a lot of joy um, to imagine her in that situation. Um, I mean, I actually do think if she dedicated herself, she could be good at it. But I also think she'd be immediately baffled by the concept of anything that's going on there. Um, because we are just sort of like taking a character or a person from a different canon, so to speak, and implanting it in Formula One. Does she still have her necromancy powers? Or is she just, like, Harrow in personality? Mm, I don't know that she has necromancy powers. I think she's more just Harrow in personality. And, like, maybe that's, like, her kind of fascination in life still is kind of bones. Mm -hmm. Um, 
not sure how that translates over to cars, but <laughs> it's fine. Um, you know, they'll get through the race or they won't. <laughs> okay, I mean that in like a DNF way, not in like <laughs> scary way. But anyway, that's my concept. I do think, okay, I said I didn't have a team. I think for some reason I'm really gravitating towards her being a race engineer for Mercedes. Um, I don't care. I don't care which of the Mercedes drivers she's with. I think either one potentially is hysterical. Um, but yeah, that's my concept. Personally, I like the idea of uh, Harrow being with George Russell just because I find that whack. But I do find this interesting because um, I, I very briefly thought about what I would say for this part of the intro and what I had thought was also a pairing for Mercedes, I think specifically for Lewis Hamilton. Mm. Um, and I have decided that Lewis Hamilton's new engineer is Wang Yibo. Um, oh, and wow. I've decided this because Brett and I recently got back a little bit to like watching The Untamed. I don't know. He's been in my brain. I watched like a six minute video earlier of how much his skateboarding has improved between 2019 and 2020 um, just for my own enjoyment. <laughs> um, but I so where I was going with this was I kind of I went backwards where I was like, OK, I want to give Lewis a new engineer. And I was like, I am. Well, okay, actually, my first thought was putting Nathan McKinnon with Max, but then that I was like, actually, too many Blorbos in one space. So then I was like, never mind, let's let's give Lewis someone. Um, but I couldn't give Lewis someone based on, like, any modicum of, like, driving skills. That's not fun. So I was like, what else do I find interesting about Lewis? His fashion. He by far has the best fashion of anyone in F1. And then my brain was like, I don't know, Yibo seems fashionable. Um, so I don't know that Yibo would do a good job being an engineer, but I would like to imagine that if he was suddenly put in this position, that maybe he and Lewis could just, like, vibe in terms of personalities. Um, yeah, so I'm wishing all the best success to this new partnership. Pretty good. Wow, I feel bad. Like, now Lewis gets Evo, and they're probably going to be, like, okay. Um, I mean, the language barrier might be strong, but, like, I do feel like I've unfortunately doomed George. <laughs> Sorry, George. And sorry, Harrow. I don't think either of you are going to like the other person. <laughs> oh, God. So I had to pull on my extensive knowledge of Formula One to figure out how I wanted to answer this question. I decided to choose, I don't even know what team he's on anymore. The, I guess probably still Red Bull. Daniel from our fic. Is he? No, Nick. not anymore. Oh, is Nick. that the old? That's the old one. He's now on Louis Vuitton. That's not a team. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> fashion brand <laughs> i don't remember is mclaren is that right yeah, yeah. it's okay, also like fundamental to daniel's story that like he is no longer on red bull <laughs> totally yeah anyway i just feel like he's kind of a performer and so mm -hmm. i also was thinking about the netflix show drive to survive and how people who get a lot of screen time even if they're just like staff are ones that tend to like have bigger personalities and be able to like play to a camera so i thought daniel's engineer could be host of So You Think You Can Dance, Kat Dealey. Oh. I think she, like, can hold a stage really well. And so I don't believe she has any experience in engineering or racing or the combination of those two things. But she's got a can-do attitude and is good under pressure. So that's my choice. Nice. Thank but you. not the host of Is It Cake? <laughs> no our bestie he actually has grown on me we watched another two episodes yeah. and i was like he's kind of funny 
Okay, because last night we were talking to Nick and Brent and I were like, we love the host of Is It Cake? And Nick was like, we do? Um, you were pretty a skeptic. bad in the first episode. No, he he really grows on you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I guess it's me next? Yes. Okay. So for my fic, uh, as sort of previously mentioned, instead of White Collar being a TV show, um, it is two people sort of doing like some investigative journalism into what on earth is going on with like Neil Caffrey and his deal. I don't remember if our concept was like what we as hosts would want to investigate on our own podcast or if we were putting some other character investigating something. I don't know. Um, I was unfortunately kind of drawing a blank for this, but then I remembered, okay, this is only going to be in a very specific context, like in a very specific AU. But a little while ago, I brought an Americate like fake dating fic in which Steve Rogers was also there. Um, and it was a non-superhero you, and there was some confusion about how Steve Rogers was there because he's, like, very old and in the ice. And, like, is he, like... There, I think he was an artist, unless that was, like, maybe in a different fic. I don't know. But I am thinking what I think would be a very fun investigative podcast thing is, like, sort of following more, like, Marvel Comics canon where they have, like, separate identities. If somebody was just digging into, like, who the fuck... Like, this allegedly like 80 something whatever year old like painter who keeps putting out works he's very elusive we don't know what he looks like like who the hell is this like steve rogers like blah 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 um and like the podcast would have all of these little like you as the reader would know all of the links between like steve and captain america but i just feel like someone digging into not who captain america's secret identity is but like this artist who's just in New York, this elusive artist who's been around for like more years than an artist should be, that I think would make for a fun podcast. Yeah, for me, I was just, I, it's not me making the podcast. Sorry, Reed. I didn't, and it's not me either. It's just a, a person. Well, I was thinking about Critical Role Campaign 2, Jester and Not hosting <gasps> a gossip show. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Episode one, they're like, haha, the prices of this have gone up, and I wonder how that's impacting this local business and his mistress. Da da da. And then by episode like 80, they're taking down corrupt politicians left and right. Um, that's the vibe, at least, that I think of for this podcast. Thank you. Yeah, I'm obsessed. So mine, I like. I don't know how big the fandom is for this thing. I consumed this piece of media very avidly, um, but I didn't engage in fandom with it. But I'm, I'm still gonna go with it. It's that I think Pretty Little Liars would be amazing <laughs> as a podcast. Mm. And now, please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying like I need someone to explain the events of Pretty Little Liars. Like I know people do that on YouTube, and I'm not saying like, oh, it's now not a show. But they're like people are investigating the happenings of the town whose name I can't remember. Like, I want the girls in Pretty Little Liars to be making a podcast documenting the things that are happening to them each episode, like from A or like all the different A's um, throughout the seasons. I think that would be so good. Um, yeah, that's my concept. I like it. I would listen to it even though I've never seen Pretty Little Liars. Honestly, I think it might be pretty creepy as like a podcast. Like, I don't know, you could kind of go different directions, but, like, the show itself has a lot of, like, camp to it, I feel like, that, like, diminishes the horrors of what the girls are actually going through. But I feel like if it was them on mic describing these things that they've been through, it would be pretty horrifying because <laughs> they go through a lot of really traumatic stuff that's then kind of brushed aside by the show. So, I don't know, I mean, it would depend on how much they want to, like, say on mic, but I think it could take it on a very different tone, which would be interesting. Yeah, I also did not engage at all with Pretty Little Liars fandom, but or like canon, but I 
am so into that concept. All right, folks, we got to talk about this goose. So in my fic, the goose from Untitled Goose Game wreaks havoc on AO3 and Dreamwith, specifically uh, about the Yuletide fandom event that happens at the end of every year. Um, I believe we had said, you know, what other fandom or fanish space or sort of online space could this goose cause problems in? So as I was thinking about this, uh, I think the, I was kind of torn between two because I think it would be very funny to set the goose loose on like Pinterest <laughs> and just have it start like deleting stuff or like moving things around. <laughs> Suddenly we've got a goose board that's on everybody's account. Everyone's losing their like hairstyle and shopping boards. It's chaos. So I thought that would be pretty funny. But then I also thought it would be kind of funny if you set the goose loose on like a role-playing community on Dreamwith, where people start saying really out of character things, or like half of a sentence gets deleted and it completely changes. There's accusations of god modding being flung around. Uh, I couldn't decide which was funnier, so I'm pitching them both to you, Figlets. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I couldn't quite remember when we were talking about this if it was going to be like the original con like canon content or like the fanish community. Um, I think honestly, my answer stays the same regardless. It is BBC Sherlock. Um, I just think <laughs> that this would be very good. Um, and like if it's Sherlock fandom, it's like 2011 Sherlock fandom, you know, um, like height of Sherlock fandom, the Sherlockiest of Sherlock. Um, yeah, I think the goose wrecking havoc in like that sort of Tumblr Sherlock fandom space would be incredible. I also think it would just be very funny if the goose was suddenly in the show or if the <laughs> goose was like on the production team. I don't know. Put the goose anywhere. I think all of them would be equally goose amusing to me. Goose on the production team of BBC. I, yeah, I'm like a goose dying. is like a PA on the show now. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I pitched this concept last night of like, oh, wouldn't it be funny to put like a goose in a fandom or whatever? I was like, oh, yeah, like you could put them in like the locked tomb. Um, and then I got really attached to that idea. Um, so this is the one I've thought about the most where the it's I'm thinking specifically Gideon the Ninth and I'm thinking like Canaan House um, where the goose is just there. And it's like, oh, do you like need your key from teacher to get into the basement? Too bad the goose has run away with it. Do you hear something scary down the hallway? It's the goose. And it's like, it's not, it's, an like it's not an undead goose. It's not a bone goose. Like, it is just the goose from the goose game. But it also is unkillable. Um, I think it'd be very funny. Um, I think with, like, Tamsin's, like, canonical, like, love of putting, like, current memes in the books, uh -huh. I actually feel like it could kind of work it's well. Likely, like yeah. Yeah, I feel like she'd appreciate it. And I just feel like I can so clearly see this scene of, like, Harrow ordering Gideon to, like, kill this goose. Like, Gideon, I get rid of this fucking goose. And then, like, you get a scene of, like, Gideon out on the balcony, like, talking to the goose because she can't talk to anyone else because of her, like, vow of silence or uh -huh. whatever. Um, <laughs> just talking to the goose. <laughs> just talking to the goose. I Like, you know, like, Gideon tries to kill it, maybe, for Harrow, but then, like, it's an unkillable goose. And so yeah. now she's just kind of friends with it, which Harrow would hate. Ooh, it nicks her giant sword with its horrible beak. It, oh my god, you know the goose is running around Canaan, Canaan House with the giant sword in its horrible beak. <laughs> oh, I meant, like, nix the metal, but that's actually much funnier if it, like, steals it. <laughs> oh my god, it could do British that. interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, so that's my, that's my pitch. Honk honk, that's the sound of either a horrible goose or a car that it needs to alert others about a safety hazard or anger. Brenna? 
this episode is Taking Some Time by Tetrapod. Um, as I mentioned in the intro, it is Formula One RPF. Um, if you are like, Brenna, what is Formula One? We've already talked about it on this pod, but I've forgotten. It's race cars that go super fast around a track. Um, <laughs> I think it's a very European sport to me. Like, I don't know. I don't, I guess it's growing in popularity in America. There's a big fandom now. Um, yeah, where were you when you found out Lando Norris has a British accent? <laughs> um, probably like while watching Drive to Survive in my apartment. <laughs> um, so this fic is for Daniel Ricardo and Max Verstappen. Um, it is a like canon divergent kind of AU. Um, again, where Daniel is a Formula One driver, he's racing for McLaren in this fic, which is the team he is currently racing for in real life as well. Um, and where Max like did like quote karting as a kid, um, and then never ended up like getting to Formula One as a driver like he did in real life. Um, and instead is like a race engineer also for McLaren. Um, this is my current fandom, so I just thought it'd be something fun to bring for it. Um, also, I really like AUs like this, where it kind of still stays within the known universe, but, like, tweaks a piece of it. And I think this one does that very effectively. I think it has a lot of, like, fun kind of playing out how the sport and, like, the grid would look currently if Max wasn't there. Because also, if you don't know, Max is, like, a pretty high-ranked driver. Um, he is currently leading the championship this year and won last year. There is some controversy about that, but I don't think you can say that he's, like, at the bottom in any regard, even if you don't like him. So him not being there would change things, and I think this fic uh, definitely plays with that in an interesting way. Um, and also just explores that question within RPF of, like, we know this person because they're famous. What if we didn't make them famous? Like, how would that change them? How would that change these stories? And I think that's something really interesting to look at, too. So I'm really excited to talk about those things. Uh, before we jump in further, content warnings for this fic. Um, I would definitely say, like, references back to past, like, child abuse that Max experienced, um, as well as a smattering of homophobia, both internal and external. Um, yeah. Co-hosts, what did you think about this fic? Yes, I was delighted to return to the realm of Formula One. Um, I am also a fan, although I will say, like, I, I sort of, like, dragged Brenna into it with me, and then she has far eclipsed me in terms of <laughs> engaging with the fandom. But I still am quite fond of these boys um, and their cars that go very fast. Uh, and I agree. I always think it's, like, interesting and fun to play within the space of canon, but to make things a little different. And especially when you take like such a pivotal figure like Max out of the canon in the way that he is now. Um, yeah, I, it has a really big ripple effect. I think in some ways I struggled with this fic a little bit. Um, we are very, very much in Max's head and it is not the most fun place to be. Um, he is struggling with a lot. He struggles with communicating, with allowing himself to have friends, with all of the horrible feelings that have been sort of um, ingrained in him from growing up under his father. Um, and sometimes I found that like a little bit tough to sort of get into. Um, but on the other hand, like, oh God, the stuff with his dad was so wretched, but also in a way that I found compelling. 
And there's just this really interesting push and pull that Max struggles with this whole fic of wanting to let himself have things and not feeling like he deserves them, wanting to become close to Daniel but not knowing how to bridge that gap. Like all of these sort of like struggles that he goes through that I, yeah, I found very compelling. Um, And I, I just wanted him to find a little bit of happiness because he certainly seems like he is lacking it um, in the beginning of the fic. So getting to watch him sort of not not completely like this is not like a super happy ending everything is resolved super great but like he does make strides in terms of reaching out to people and connecting with people and trying to open up to Daniel a little bit and so that was nice to see his sort of progression throughout this fic as well I read this fic and one of the first things I thought and then later said to my co-host in pre-discussion was like yeah this Max is like someone's Blorbo confirmed um, sorry to date this episode if you're listening in three years and you're like, oh, cringe. They're talking about Blorbos. <laughs> Deal with it. This pod, this podcast loves cringe. Like, whatever. <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah. Wow. This is like you you love a little guy and you want to torture him. And so you write your little story torturing him. Like, it felt so classically fic to me in that way. Um, I think, yeah, like Reed said, the self-talk is not positive, lads. He's going through it. Um, and I think in some ways, justifiably, I always really enjoy a famous, non-famous pairing in a story and not even the like getting together necessarily, which I think is why I liked quite a lot of this fic because we don't, spoilers, we don't get like a traditional, oh, moment getting together scene where they have this beautiful love confession and fall into each other's arms and live happily ever after, which is a good thing. I think I don't think that would have worked here at all. Um. But I really love the tension of you are something that I am not. And we as human beings, I'm like, I don't know, as a famous person myself um, and someone who used to not be famous, I feel like I'm really qualified to speak to this. Um, (laughs) It's a neutral distinction between having some level of fame or notoriety and not having it. But I also think it's really easy for both parties to internalize different pieces of it and take on almost like an identity and try and fit themselves into it. It's just really interesting to me. I always love thinking about fame and like the psychology of fame and the personal impact of fame, obviously. So that was one thing I really enjoyed about this story and like this author's brain of like, what if one of them didn't make it? And I like that like, it's much sadder that I should just go into this later. I'll just give you a taste. It's sadder to me that it's not that Max like got hurt or something. Mm. Like he easily could have done it. He just didn't. Um, So I liked that so much. I will say more on that later. But overall, yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I have thoughts about Twilight that I'll also get to later. Um, But overall, a very interesting story. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Nick is so right. Max is very blorbofied in this. Um, In a way that I think is very common in like, RPF fan fiction like you 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 love a little guy you make them suffer like that's (laughs) what it's all about. That's the name of the game over here. Um, And I think what's really interesting is like, this I don't know I feel like I have thoughts about this fic that revolve also around like how people in fandom and in our like Formula One RPF like are positioning Max because I feel like Max is always like in real life like oh I'm just like a chill guy I'm a laid-back guy like I don't really like whatever it's all good you know and then people in fandom are like what if he had so many internal thoughts and feelings (laughs) though which I think is like the tendency amongst all of us in like an RPF kind of giving your favorite guy a rich internal world is the name of the game exactly I feel like especially for sports RPF like (laughs) I listen we all know I spent a lot of time in hockey I love those boys is there a single thought going up in their brain no but fic writers 
They're doing the Lord's work. They're like thoughts, but I think they're more thoughts about like, what am I going to have for lunch? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was a good practice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very much so. Like, I got to stop my Whole Foods now. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, But yeah, I don't know. I think like, I feel like fandom and like, like Max fandom is so determined to be like, Max has so many more thoughts than like he even realizes, which I do think is like a little bit true about him. Like, He's always like, I'm not a guy of many words. And it's like, okay, you're literally famous in fandom for like max explaining to people about <laughs> stuff. Um, so like, I don't think that's really true, actually, buddy. Um, but I think this fic is very much like, it's, it's a twofold change in Max that it like presents. It's both, what if he never made it to any sort of level of kind of pro racing? Um, Formula One obviously being like, the top of what he would be achieving in that um trajectory but also like what if he realized his dad's behavior towards him as a kid was fucked up and like i don't know this is also i don't want to get too much into the whole what's real about this person who we're discussing rpf about kind of thing but i will say i did recently watch a documentary about max that was like it was a moment of like cognitive dissonance in a lot of ways because they're literally talking about these things from his childhood that like sound bad when you hear them and yet people in the show are like that's why he's a great racer and I feel like this fic does a big question of like but what if he stopped racing and then realized that maybe those things like weren't super hot like we in fandom are interpreting them not to be um and I think this fic goes hard in that direction like probably more so than like real life would have taken that path even if max stopped racing i'm guessing um i also like this boy has not been to therapy or anything i mean neither of these boys have been to therapy they could probably both use some i think anyone who's doing pro sports could probably use like a sports psychologist (laughs) in their corner (laughs) um but you know i just think that that's like it's interesting how this plays not only with the question of stripping away fame from Max and how that would change him as a person and how that would change also, like, Daniel's position and everything. If he never, like, raced with Max and Red Bull, if he was never maybe on Red Bull, like, we don't... I think he's on Red Bull briefly in this fic. Like, we don't really know. We don't really know what his what Daniel's career was in this fic. Um, I don't know what it was in real life, so... Yeah, that's, that's fair. I do feel like in this fic it mentioned that he left Red Bull, but I okay. could be wrong. I have no idea. Um, General note figlets. I think that you can read this if you don't know the fandom. I didn't have a very hard time following it. I know some from Osmosis from these two, but I like. I think it's fine as long as you know that Max could have gone on to be the best of the best and didn't in this story. And like, yeah, there's definitely like a few things that are kind of thrown in that I think are more like little kind of Easter eggs for people who do know fandoms. Like, not even fandom stuff, but like who know what's currently happening with like the sport. Um, But you definitely don't need it. Um, but anyway, to like wrap up my point, yeah, I just think it's interesting how it's both sort of like the stripping away of the fame and this more like internal like change that this author has written in for Max as well that he has to like grapple with. Because despite this being a Max Daniel fix, <laughs> this is a very Max fic. We really don't get that much from Daniel and we can definitely go into that later. Um, but it's a very like interior Max fic for, for most of this. Can I talk about Bella Swan? Please do, because I have something to say off of your comment about Bella Swan. Okay, fantastic. So, Ficklets, as I was reading this, I am so sorry both to this author and to Max Verstappen, because I kept thinking, like, wow, the Bella Swanification of Max 
Not in a mean way, in a way that, like, he's so sad and so internal and doesn't say very much. And Daniel is like, you're so cool and hot. And, like, all these other, like, Formula One drivers are talking to him and asking him things. He keeps, like, witnessing stuff that seems, like, really important in story. Uh, I just couldn't help, yeah, like, the, the Bella Swanification of Max and the Edwardification of Daniel a little bit. Um, <laughs> you know? No, you're like, you're so right. <laughs> It's also, like, Amaker, <laughs> use your tetrapod if you're listening to this. I hope you like Twilight. <laughs> like, please, we yes. don't mean this is like an insult This is said so writing. affectionately. <laughs> okay, Nick, this is so funny, though, because you said this last night in pre-discussion about, you know, Max being like, oh, you know, wh- why is anyone paying attention to me? And everyone's like, Max, you're so cool. But I was thinking about when Brenna and I have watched Drive to Survive together the parasocial relationship that we developed to this one person on the Red Bull engineering team who we don't know. Like, okay, this guy just, I don't know. He's in the background of a lot of things. His reactions were always so big and fun to witness. And it became a thing that whenever the show was like focusing on Red Bull, Bren and I would say, oh, where's, where is he? Like, we'd be looking out for him, etc. cetera. Um, and so... I mean, yes, I totally get what you're saying, the Bell Swanification. I think it's very funny. But after I read the fic and was thinking about it, I was like, you know what? If Brent and I can establish a parasocial relationship to a Red Bull engineer, why can't the actual racers of this fic also become sort of fascinated with an engineer who they would work with and see much more frequently? Yeah, no, totally fair. One thing, I mentioned this in my little intro bit, but I'm going to say more about it now. Like the fact that Max was not injured feels really important in this story. I feel like with a lot of Canon Divergent, they don't go on to become as successful as they would be, or at least in the present of the story, they're not still doing their sport. Oftentimes, like, I feel like its own sort of subgenre is career-ending injury fic, where somebody gets hurt or injured in some way, they get into an accident, or there's like a sports injury, and then they're not able to compete anymore. Like, the choice is taken out of their hands. And I found it so interesting that instead this story forked it when Max was very young and he made a decision that was kind of pushed onto him uh, because his parents got divorced, I believe, and he went off with his mom instead of staying with his dad, who ostensibly would have continued pushing him uh, toward F1 eventually. It just feels like it's a really important distinction that this author makes, that there it was a decision and that this what if... It doesn't linger at the forefront of Max's brain really in this story. Like He seems pretty not happy necessarily. I think for most of this fic, he's not happy, but like content as an engineer, he finds the work interesting. He finds it meaningful. Like he seems to like doing it to some degree, even though there's a lot of pressure. Um, It seems important still that there is that ghost of possibility and it works so well that it's fic because we are able to fill in that possibility on behalf of Max as the readers. I can't as much, but I tried. (laughs) I know he's a big deal. And so I was able to think about that. I imagine people who know more about his career and about his accomplishments would be able to do that even more effectively than I did. But it just feels like such a neat way to utilize the reader and leverage the fact that they have built-in knowledge about these characters this and like this setting, this sport. I thought it was a really clever like way to do it, and I liked it a lot. Something kind of off of that that I also sort of mentioned in my intro is um, I talked about Max having a push and pull a lot between, yeah, his like feelings, his desires. He feels a lot of conflicting things at once. And one of those that came up for me a couple of times that caught me off guard the first time and then I found myself looking out for 
was sort of surrounding this. I could have been something good. Like I could have been a really good racer, but I chose not to. Um, is that Max holds a lot of anger about it. And I found that anger really fascinating because as we have said, a lot of this fic is internal and sad. Like, I don't feel like that anger comes through necessarily in his internal narration or even externally. Like he's not like, I don't know. He's not like screaming at Daniel, like I should have had what you had. Like he's not doing that. But when he's trying to talk Daniel like down basically from or like talk him up, I don't know. When he's trying to comfort Daniel after Daniel had a bad race or when Daniel is sort of tentatively digging into or like asking a little bit more about Max's past. Um, in Max's sort of internal dialogue, he thinks about all of the anger he holds of how much he really loved it, that he loved carding, that he loved being in this position of feeling the car beneath him. And not that there's necessarily regret in that he chose to like go with his mom, but just maybe anger at the, I don't know if wasted potential is right, anger at sort of, I loved this thing and I could have had it and I don't. And just sort of that that wanting. I don't know. I found it just such an interesting sort of like undercurrent of the max of this fic. Can I read a quick line about that? Please. Oh, I've highlighted a few lines from this fic because I think the prose does slap. Uh, and one of them, in relation to what you were saying there, Reed, is Max wonders if he's ever going to see this again, if this is the closest he'll ever get to a driver on his knees. Whoa! Like, once you couldn't see, I just made, like, such a face <laughs> of, like, anguish, but also, like, delight at how good that is. Yeah, because I think, like, something kind of going off of what both of you were saying that's really interesting about this is... Just like how it isn't like a Max gets injured and can't continue racing fic. It's also like a not a Max stops racing and just like pivots super hard to something else. I feel like a lot of times in stories like this where someone either like kind of started their career and then wasn't able to see it through or like was in their career and then like got injured or whatever. That person like pivots pretty far away from like the sport or like the thing that they were doing before and maybe the fic has them kind of coming back to that in some regard but in this one like early on like like I mean in his childhood before we ever meet him like Max pivots from like driving to like still being very close to racing in this other way and I just think that's also like an interesting choice in this because yeah it like sets us up for all of these like unresolved feelings that Max has about the sport and about his role in it and himself and like the Max character of this, and I think, like, this is very true to, like, what we know of the real-life person as well, is, like, he's someone who pushes himself very hard. Um, I mean, like, I think you have to be to be, like, an elite competitor in this sport. Um, but a lot of what he's struggling with is, like, this feeling of, like, well, I failed on, like, my opportunity to, like, push myself really hard at racing so instead I'm going to push myself really hard at this thing adjacent to racing um and like but it's it's not fulfilling to him because even though he likes the thing like this feeling of like I need to be the best at this is not really an achievable thing you know um and like we even get the sense that if there was a trophy that he could win for it getting that trophy would not fix his feelings about this whole mess there's a lot of other stuff that he has to like resolve internally about this pressure that 
he feels like has been put on him, but that he's also put on himself and like this potential he hasn't lived up to and everything that I think is really interesting. You know, we love explorations of like fame and not fame on this podcast. So I think this fic like brings a lot to the table in that regard. <laughs> and the intersection of fame and high achievement, I think is so interesting. Mm-hmm. Of, like earning your fame, earning your notoriety, earning that top spot that makes people want to pay attention to you and be excited about who you are as a person. Like this Max cannot be famous because even if he achieves at the highest level possible, it's not his name on the success that comes alongside that. And that feels important too. Right. Like all it's ever going to be is that he might be in the background of Drive to Survive and then maybe Reed and I will pick him as our favorite <laughs> engineer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think one thing I kind of mentioned before, but like I just wanted to touch back on is I think this fic does a lot of clever little things um, that sort of reference Max's career in our real world and like also the grid like without him and stuff but I think right off the bat literally like the first paragraph he's like thinking about how he wishes he was like drinking a different energy drink like at least a Red Bull (laughs) and like that just made me laugh like right at the beginning um and like there are a few other little bits like that like at one point like Daniel lends him like a Red Bull t-shirt and Mm -hmm. like there's just like a few other moments like that where you're like as a like as okay this is not their actual like ship name but nick always says manual which i think is really (laughs) funny (laughs) so like as a manual shipper i'm like rattling the bars of my cage you know um but i just like thought all those things were very like clever little inserts by this author and like i think something that i love about rpf is that like you read fic sometimes where you can just tell that this person is, like, in it. Like, that they've consumed so much, like, content for this fandom. And there's so many little kind of, like, nods and Easter eggs in a fic for you as the reader. And, like, this was definitely one of those reading experiences for me. Um, and, like, fics like that just always bring me joy. I mean, across any fandom. But I think RPF has this feeling of, like, you can have so many different levels of interaction and, like, kind of canon quote canon knowledge compared to like a book where it's like okay we've all read the book we might remember it better or worse (laughs) but there's the same amount that we could consume to like have read the book um versus like okay with like a sport it's like do you watch like the races do you watch the games like do you watch the interviews do you follow people on instagram do you go down like these rabbit holes like are you discording it up with your buddies like do you have your own like theories like how how many compilations have you watched of their like childhood like (laughs) days in the sport you know like they're so deep that you can go and like the deeper you go i feel like there's just these more points to like reference with other people in that fandom that are like I don't know. I think that's just like really fun to me about like RPF fandoms that I've been in present and past. Yeah. I, Brenna, as you were talking, it made me realize. So Max in this fic like does not have any friends at the beginning of it. And then you like he gets to know Daniel and you realize like maybe Lando is a friend and stuff like that. But um, it just makes me deeply fucking upset that I realized the Max Daniel Martin Garrick cinematic universe does not exist here. Um, it could exist like in the future in some way it could there's still potential <laughs> martin garrix is i was just like canonically that's martin garrix is friends with real life uh max and daniel which brings brenna and i a lot of joy um but well, yeah that's I- why we're not like martin garrix fans this is just something that exists and we decided it was fun the md mcg 
um mdmgcu yeah um, thank you yes yeah yeah um yeah i just briefly like i totally agree with bren that um i was having a lot of fun with sort of the little easter egg so to speak that this author put down like the fact that pierre is at red bull i found so interesting because like in in actual formula one like they brought pierre up to red bull basically to see if he could play second fiddle to max after daniel left and then he wasn't doing a good enough job so he got like sent back down again basically um but in this fic pierre in this fic, I think Pierre is still struggling a little bit at Red Bull, but he gets to stay at Red Bull, right? Because he's not... Because there's no Max. Because there's no Max. Like so he's not in the shadow. Yeah. And the stuff like Lewis barely losing out to like Charles, all of that I found like very fun. It was one of those, as Nick was saying, like I don't think it's alienating if you're not in the fandom or if you're not as deep into it, but it is very fun for the readers who do get to pick up on it. Yeah. There's some hooks in here that are like really interesting and kind of mean that I feel like anyone can grab onto. I have one more line I want to read because it made me feel a little bit gourdless from the little that I know about this pairing. Oh, geez. Hold on. I clicked on the wrong link. Oh, no. This is my Gideon the Ninth buddy read on Storygraph. <laughs> <laughs> Gideon. Gideon. Okay, this is the correct one. Go. Okay, so yeah, referencing like quote unquote real world events, but like real world within the world of this fic that is our world, but slightly different. Um... The car improves in fits and starts, and Daniel's performance remains much the same. No one says it, but everyone knows Lando is pulling more out of the car, that Daniel is getting older, and while he still has moments of brilliance on the track, it doesn't look like he's going to be fighting for that third place in the standings again. Something cruel in Max thinks that maybe he doesn't want it enough. That was so Fucking good. Awful. I have a lot of feelings about it. Yeah, I think, <sighs> like, excellent Max characterization also like wretched in the context of current things happening in Formula One um yeah yeah. it felt like a fish hook to read that I loved it so much yeah well thank you to my co-hosts for once again joining me on this journey through Formula One RPF and quote manual shipping (laughs) um if you are not a Formula One fan and you sat through this thank you if you like don't like Max Verstappen and you sat through this thank you thank you you might have thought to yourself I like Daniel they'll surely talk about Daniel sorry this was a Max hour um (laughs) I do apologize I completely understand why there are so many people who are not Max fans but you have entered a Max fan zone so apologies but also not not it's my podcast (laughs) (laughs) okay so with that that was our chat about the lovely fic taking some time by tetrapod um a journey through formula one rpf with the three of us that's the sound of a pneumatic drill putting tires onto a car at the pit stop and neil caffrey drilling into a safe to steal precious artwork Read? (laughs) No, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. My fic this episode is whitecollar.mp3 by Lucky Dice Kirby. Once again, for the fandom, white collar pairing Elizabeth, Peter, Neil, but also it is tagged both Jen and Multi, which I think does make sense. Um, It is written as a fake podcast script. Um, So you get a lot from the OC Lacey McMichael, who is an investigative reporter uh, for the critically acclaimed podcast White Collar, Uh, basically as Lacey is trying to figure out why on earth the FBI keeps letting Neil Caffrey work with them and just get away with the things he gets away with. Um, I was not in White Collar fandom at all. I know actually nothing about this show. I really think my only exposure or like 
My strongest exposure to white collar was the like white collar inception crossover fic that Nick brought ages ago on the pod. Um, so this is me saying that you can read and have a lot of fun with this fic with no canon knowledge, but this is also where I'm going to um tag a friend, a co-host. Do either of you have any like white collar canon knowledge that you would like to chime in that you think the ficlets would need to know or would like benefit from knowing going into this discussion? Because I cannot provide it for them. Um, I mean, I think you basically just need to know the most basic premise of White Collar. Uh, Neil Caffrey is like a kind of a con artist, um, also like a master forger. Like that's kind of most of what most of his cons like revolve around. Um, he's been wanted by the FBI for a long time. The main FBI agent on his case for all of these years is Peter Burke, who like ends up catching Neil. Um, then they end up working together for a long time. Like Neil gets kind of quote hired on um as like a oh, what's the word um consultant yeah like a consultant um i don't remember like the exact terms of that deal or anything um but basically he's not allowed to like pull cons while working for the fbi <laughs> um but he's always is he perfectly within the law no um elizabeth burke plays a big role in this um fic she is peter's wife and just an all-around great lady who we, we love, love um yeah. That's most of what you need to know, I think, to make this fic readable. Um, sh- there's certainly a lot more going on with White Collar. I haven't watched that show in a long, long time. Yeah. Um, so that's what you're getting from me. Thank you so much. And is played by Matt Bomer. I actually didn't know that. I really cannot express to no, you the you know. depths of what I do not know about this show. Wow, it is Reed. endless. You're like me. Yeah, Except I know. Except this time I do know because I watched, <laughs> like, I think three seasons of White Collar when that I was in high astounding. school. That is astounding. Legend. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much to you both who will be carrying any canon knowledge needed. But again, like, I read this and I had so, so, so much fun with it. Um, So really do not be intimidated if you two know nothing about White Collar. Um, I love that it was a podcast script. We read a fic, like, not dissimilar in format, um, or we talked about a fic not dissimilar in format not that long ago with um, You're Wrong About Misericord. This is a little different. I mean, this is very different in tone um, and also a little bit different in its formatting. But I just think it is very fun. Uh, there's no real content warnings. It is just Lacey and um, her producer, Melinda, basically uh, talking to Elizabeth and Neil and a little bit Peter and just sort of trying to give us the lowdown on on what that whole situation is. Uh, there's definitely some suspension of disbelief happening. Lacey's like, I got all this info on public records. And it's like, probably the FBI would not have this much public information available but uh I just yeah, they're yeah, not I, known for like being forthcoming with public records no as an institution. not particularly but yeah again I had a blast with this no content warnings just very fun and yeah would love to know what the two of you thought of it I thought it was fun I like White Collar. I think it's a fun show. I haven't watched it in many years, but I did watch a good amount of it. And I think, yeah, Neil Caffrey is a pretty pretty quintessential leading man, I feel like, in a show like this. His classic kind of, I don't know, his vibe, his charm, his humor, his snark. He's fun to root for, and he's also kind of fun to watch fail sometimes. <laughs> um, and so I liked that we got glimmers of that in this fic. Um, it is, yeah, it's set up like an investigative podcast. Also, like, I don't know, it it scans very much as a true crime podcast. I haven't really, I was thinking about this recently. I don't think I've ever listened to a true crime podcast in my life. So I'm just guessing based on my cultural osmosis of their vibes, but like the, 
one of the lighthearted ones of like, aha, have a glass of wine with me and let's laugh about this murder. Um, that's the vibe that I got a little from this show, even though this seemed slightly less exploitative, which I appreciated. Um, yeah, it was fun. I thought that our main character, who is an OC here, I believe, Lainey, um, was a lot of fun. Late Lacey? I thought, Lacey, thank you so much. And then Melinda was yes. the other one. Okay, great. I just trans, I was thinking Lainey and Melissa. <laughs> I swapped them. Okay. Lacey. Um, I thought she was really fun. I thought she had a strong voice um, and I liked her energy. I felt like it helped us carry the story and OC with Fig is always a swing. Um, and I felt that her presence really grounded this story in a way that worked and was needed. So fun, fun appearances from characters. Yeah, it almost felt like a crossover between sort of a, <laughs> if this podcast were real, this podcast the host of the producer and white collar fusion crossover fix situation. Obviously it is just for white collar, but I liked that feeling of it. Yeah. I had a lot of fun. Um, I really loved white collar back in the day. This made me like desperately want to rewatch some. I'm probably going to, to be honest, um, potentially with co-host Reed. Yeah. If we can't watch it together. I'm just going to watch it on my own. <laughs> um, yeah, White Collar, like, played a big role in, like, my fanish upbringing in a lot of ways. Um, so I feel very, like, tender towards it. I never read, like, that much fic for it. It was one of those things that I just, like, consumed, like, the media for it. And then also just, like, a million, like, Tumblr posts and gift sets and stuff like that week to week as the episodes were coming out. And we'd all react to, like, st big stuff in the finales and, you know, just kind of that more, like, that communal group watching experience that I feel like I, I miss sometimes from, like, older fandoms. Um, anyway, that's all to say, like, this just brought back a lot of nostalgia and fondness for me, like, reading this. Um, yeah, I thought it was, like, very clever to do it in this podcast format and... I think this was a good fandom to match up with that format. I mean, you know, going back to our little intro jokes of like, which fandoms we want to make podcasts out of, like, this one makes a lot of sense. I do think I had to suspend my disbelief quite a bit and like kind of re reintegrate that to myself a few times um, throughout reading, just where I was like, how would they know this? <laughs> um, but, you know, I think we're all pretty good at doing that being fic readers. Um, so that didn't like impair my enjoyment of this fic much at all. Um, yeah, overall, I thought this was very cleverly done. I really liked how big a role Elizabeth played in this. I thought that was super fun. And just like her role was really great. I'm a big fan of hers. And it's fun how like this fic, both through our sort of OCs of our podcast hosts, and I think by centering Elizabeth gives this kind of like outsider POV perspective to their investigation of Neil um, in this way that I thought was really enjoyable. Yes, agreed. This fic also made me a huge fan of Elizabeth. Um, something I was thinking about, have either of you seen the movie Catch Me If You Can with Leonardo DiCaprio? Do you know what I'm talking about? It's okay. Yes, he's a, he's a heist man. He steals something and then there's a woman and she's sexy and she's trying to catch him, but she can't. <laughs> Did I get I it? I don't know like anything about it. Did I nail it? Is it no. Isn't there a musical? Is there a musical? <laughs> okay, hold on. I gotta look I this no up. Idea. Ah! Catch Me If You Can musical, a musical adaptation oh, nice. of the 2002 film. Incredible. And there's also a book based off the 2002 film. Okay, wow. Um, hmm. I'm gonna have to do some explaining then. I've seen this movie a bunch. I don't know why. Uh, it tells the story of this guy, Frank Abagnale, who basically committed a lot of cons, but it was stuff like he 
like managed to sort of like fake like checks at a bank but then he like faked being a pilot and he like deadheaded for like a, a ton of flights to get all of these free flights he very briefly was in a hospital like I don't know I can't remember exactly this movie came out again in 2002 and even though I've seen it multiple times it's been a while but like he basically masqueraded in all of these different professions um and right before he would get caught he would just sort of like change his identity and move to a new one um, the person trying to catch him was not a, a sexy woman, but the U.S. government. They eventually do. They succeed. They get him. And then I think he kind of does something similar to what Neil does in the show where he works for them and tries to help them, like, figure out, like, catch other people who are doing cons. This is based off of a real guy. Uh, my mom actually saw him. He, like, did, a, I guess, a tour of, like, speaking at colleges. My mom saw him and said she was he was by far the most interesting speaker that she ever saw in her four years of college. Um then it turned out, like, many years later that maybe the big con was not that the, that he had pulled off all of these cons, but that he just lied, that he said he had done all of these things, but ah. largely didn't or exaggerated them. This all to say, wow. sorry. He is a con artist. <laughs> um, the reason I bring this up, though, is because I was thinking about, like, okay, yeah, if, like, Neil Caffrey was, like, just some dude and, like, maybe a couple of his cons had made it to the news, but not really, like, how would Lacey and Melinda, like, have all this information? How would they know anything about this deal with the FBI, etc.? But this story of Frank Abagnale was, like, this con artist who then went to work for the government and, like, got so famous that there were, like, he wrote a book, there was a movie, I guess, there was a musical adaptation, etc. And it turned out that those things were not necessarily true. But I guess, like, that helped as I was doing my reread, I sort of was thinking of this fic that way, where this podcast could be like, if this figure somehow then did become like a cultural person of like, oh my God, isn't this absolutely a crazy story? Like, how did one person manage to pull all this off? Um, there is, I guess, a, a vaguely real life equivalent for this podcast existing to white collar as Frank Abagnale's story and Catch Me If You Can. Um, so that I think that helped in the sort of suspension of disbelief thing with being like, yeah, I guess like this could actually be a very fun story that the public would latch onto and then make a bunch of media out of. Yeah. Reed, can I ask you a question? I guess. I can't remember if you said I'm this immediately already. nervous. Go ahead. Well, I just, how did you find this fic? Oh, um, I don't remember exactly how I first found this author, uh, but I, I found a fic by this author. I must have been, uh, whatever, doing the searches we did. Oh, right. Really, really liked it. I read about, like, five or six of their fics in a row. But I did the thing where I just went to fandoms, and I just started, like, clicking a bunch of things. Um, <laughs> I don't know what prompted me to click on white collar specifically. Yeah, me neither. Um, I'm glad. I was just surprised. Or I might have been sorting by, like, word count, but going on the lower end of things. I don't... Anyway, I was going through this author's works. I a big fan. Uh, I was having a lot of fun, but this one felt... Of all of the fics that I read, this one I think felt the best for the pod, which is why I brought it. Okay, nice. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think, Reed, going off of your point about, like, the kind of real-life person and, like, how this could play out if, like, Neil Caffrey was a real-life person doing this stuff, something this fic kind of reminds me of, and I think it's also because there's this point in this fic where um, they decide to kind of pull a con on Neil to, like, get info for their podcast which is a very fun scene um in that part one of our co-hosts melinda um poses as like an art student doing research on like forgeries and like maybe also kind of neil and like i don't know if you two also had this experience in college but i feel like there were classes i was in where like me and my friends in that class would just latch on to some person we were learning about for like <laughs> Well, that was a whole class about him, but like, (laughs) 
would latch onto like one person that was like mentioned briefly in some class and just build up like a mythos about this like figure um this definitely happened to me the most in my art history classes which is maybe like why i'm thinking about this but like it wouldn't always be like the artist it would often be someone who wrote a paper about the artists and we had to like maybe write a paper about that paper or something but then we just like really that person would become big in like our collective imaginations like not really in any like actual way where we've researched them <laughs> um and like I was just imagining that in this world like that was happening to art students with like Neil Caffrey <laughs> where like they'd be in some class on like forgeries and then this like little group of people would like become obsessed with him and then like I mean someone's made a podcast someone's done this or that you know and that was just like a very fun way to imagine it that like I felt like I could relate to <laughs> um I don't know, that's tangential, but I just, like, that was an enjoyable part of my reading experience. I always really do enjoy it when there is this meta element of fandom, and we'll talk about this in my fic as well, but in this particular way, and in this particular fic, I do think there... It's nice to get a lens of a fan of something. In this case, she is a fan of Neil <laughs> and, like, his escapades. Um, but I always think it is fun to get to see a protagonist with that same unbridled enthusiasm with which we approach creating fan works and enjoying fan works and participating in fandom. I was thinking a lot actually about, um, this is a bit of a tangent, Vic, let's bear with me. Um, this year, my two co-hosts and I, as well as friend of the pod, Cassie, uh, wrote and are now creating for Pod Together, which is a podfic slash writing fest. Um, not a totally dissimilar story to this. Uh, we went all OCs in an original fandom, um, but it very much is like, here's a podcast. I'm going to figure out stuff about this thing that I love, and it is mostly going to be ethically fine, but we're going to skirt the line a little bit here um, because like with fanish pursuits, the line isn't always clear. And I find that a really interesting thing to grapple with. Like you have to draw a lot of your own lines or have them drawn for you by people around you and come to some like understanding of what is okay and what is not okay and how do you move through and maintain respect for yourself and for other people. So I don't know, all of that I found really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think this fic maybe would feel worse if Elizabeth was not 1000% on board for this podcast. Like the whole like, oh, we've been calling the Burks home for <laughs> yes. six months and Peter never wants to speak to us. Like, I think it could feel bad, but instead you get Elizabeth. Down his door. Right. But instead Elizabeth is like, here's some wine. Let's go to brunch. I'll tell you, I'll give you an idea of how you can con Neil so you can get him like to give you a good interview for the podcast. Like the fact that she is so enthusiastic about it, I feel like is what makes it maybe fall in the line of like, is this a little ethical, like, uh, like wobbly hand? Sure. But it actually seems like everyone was pretty on board with it. Like, I'm sure we'll get into it more in a second, but like they do con Neil because he won't give the actual podcast like a straight up interview. Um, and then when they sort of get found out, they're like, oh, God, are we going to have to delete this? Like, if he asks us to delete this audio, like we have to. And he just finds it very funny. So I think like that tone really helped. Um, I also I wanted to say, OK, well, very briefly, speaking of pod fix, ficlets. This author does have blanket permission, and I feel like this fic is, like, perfectly set up to be a pod fic. It's got the <gasps> so SFX for true. you. It's got, like, the whole script is formatted. Um, so if anyone's interested, I just think this would be fun to pod fic. I just want to put that out into the universe. But also, yeah, I mean, just in talking about, like, Lacey and her fanish enthusiasm, um, maybe in part because I know absolutely nothing about White Collar, 
I could have read every character here as an OC, and I liked them all so much. Like, I liked Lacey and Melinda so, so much as OCs. Nick, I know you said a little bit in your intro that, like, OCs in a fic can be a swing, um, and I think this was a home run for sure. Like, Lacey was so fun as the host of the podcast White Collar. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I almost feel like my lack of canon knowledge maybe even, like, elevated it, where I, I came in with the same base level of knowledge about all of these people, um, and I found all of them equally delightful. Like, I was as invested in the Peter Elizabeth Neal, whatever that OT3 is, as I was with, like, Lacey and Melinda and their professional relationship and Melinda being a kind of maybe good-natured, but also like, oh my god, Lacey, I cannot believe we're doing this. I cannot believe you're making me pretend to be an art student, etc. Like, I had just as much fun with that dynamic as I did with the, like, quote-unquote canon ones. Right, so long-suffering producer Melinda finally is like, you know what, fine, I will con this con artist, I guess. We'll see how it goes. She turns out to be an excellent actor, by the way. I was very impressed by this whole section and how she convinced him. Uh, yeah, she does basically say, like, not only is she an art student doing a paper, but she also is, like, kind of a fan. Uh, and she's like, oh yeah, my friends and I are so impressed. Like, how did you do what you did? Was it cool? Do you like it? Was it lonely? Like, all of these really interesting questions, and I liked that a lot particularly in contrast to the first time Lacey gets Neil like on the phone and gets a soundbite from him because Neil's initial soundbites are so boring. I am obsessed with how boring they are. He <laughs> eventually we find out that it probably is just like kind of media training slash Peter's influence getting him to give boring soundbites so people stop bothering them. But I liked that so much of this contrast between Here's this guy who's not giving anything up, who is impenetrable. Like, is he even human? Does he feel human emotions? How can he be capable of doing all of these crimes? And then later on from Elizabeth and from this scene as well, we do get this sense of like, oh yeah, like he is kind of a cool dude and he has a heart and he's trying to do a good thing or trying to make things right as best he can. Also, like how evil is it really to like forge and steal paintings in the grand scheme of things? It kind of makes you think, especially if like he's an art appreciator, he's not like stealing the paintings and then burning them. Um, so I think there's a lot to think about there. And like in the last fic, I think it leverages reader knowledge quite well. Uh, not for Reed, but for Brenna and I. Like, we really like Neil Caffrey. He's a fun character. He's interesting. He has a lot of depth in the show because he is the protagonist. And so we know the answer to the question, does Neil Caffrey have a heart? It's like, probably yeah. Uh, and so it's cool to get to see this OC come to that understanding over the course of like 5,000 words. So I liked all of that a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think something that's also really interesting, I don't know, just in kind of comparing our fix for this week and like comparing this one and the previous one that we just discussed is like, that they both feel like they changed something like intrinsic about it. But like in reality, the last one is changing something that's very intrinsic to the actual characters. And then this one that's changing something that's intrinsic to how we the viewer experience it, which does change like kind of what we're supposed to know and like how that information can exist in the world, you know? Um, but it does present this question of like, <laughs> I feel like, okay, well, if we don't have this white collar show, like things would change, but would they? Because we're really just supposed to be watching these like quote unquote like real events i mean obviously they're not actually presented as real but like in the world of white collar they are happening um and in this world they are still happening it is just not being filmed from like <laughs> an omniscient like perspective to be shown on like usa <laughs> to viewers around the world and i don't know it's just like it's making me think because i feel like reading this in a lot of ways my brain was like more things should be different because it's 
the show doesn't exist, but like it no, like that's not really how it works. Like when you pull away the show, it doesn't change anything for the characters who are in the show. Right, it just moved us. It moved us. Right, exactly. Like I think that's really interesting to think about like when we change this like one piece of these scenarios, like what actually is changing here? Um and like how we can still have this reading experience where it feels like something's really different, even though like, yeah, exactly. What it changed was our role and perspective in this. Um, because like, I don't know, consuming any media is a two-way street, right? Like the media has to exist, but someone also has to be there to consume it. If the media falls in a forest, does anyone hear it? It has <laughs> you know to consume saying? us back. Yeah. It oh can. god. <laughs> it can. Yeah, that's um, true. But yeah, I don't know. So it's just like interesting to me when that sort of element of this thing existing is kind of removed in some way. Wait, I was too slow to make this joke. Can I make a joke about getting consumed by media? Sure. Okay, uh-huh. can you say it can again? It can. Yeah, where do you think all our gourds are going? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry, go ahead, Reed. Uh, well... I was going to go in a slightly different direction. I just wanted to very briefly <laughs> shout out the end because I found it really funny. But I guess, okay, I guess to Brenna's point about, like, how we as the consumer get information through this, like, different media, uh, through this different medium, I guess also media, uh, the very end is uh, you get in brackets an outtake saved on Lacey McMichael's personal MacBook under the file name, quote, Melinda, open this if I die. You deserve to have this knowledge, but then delete it. Okay, seriously. Also, all the porn. Just kidding. Or am I? Dot MP3. End quote. End bracket. Um, and what it is, is the little clip of Lacey talking to Elizabeth, basically being like, what's uh, what's the deal with like you and Neil and also maybe your husband? Question mark, question mark. And it's a very like wink, wink, nudge, nudge to the OT3 that this fic is tagged for. Um, which one I found very fun and also like, I thought it was fun to include it, but also not as like part of the quote unquote, like actual podcast, because it does make sense that like that is not that professionalism. You can't have that there. Um, and also Elizabeth, like just sort of like alludes to the, like, I don't know. Um, but I found just the framing of it really fun because like, how many files do I have on my laptop from Nick that are like, Nick, episode 48 raw because that's how nick titles like all of their audio clips well, that's or, my like, raw audio from the episode <laughs> yeah thank you or like all of the outtakes that i have saved on my computer with the just the whack the most whack titles i mean baby Ficklets, yoda slam poem baby yoda slam poem is like pretty tame i mean ficklets have gotten a lot of them if you've taken any of our you quiz one of our favorite questions is sort of like what which of these unreleased bloopers are you just based off of title and the titles are pretty powerful if i do say so myself um But it really, like, I just felt like I really related, like, yeah, if anything happened to me and, like, I needed one of my co-hosts to, like, go through my laptop, like, you probably also would find similarly labeled files that are like, Nick, look here. No, I mean it. Here. Don't. No. Don't go looking for it. Don't go looking through my whips. Nick, this one. I'm looking for the Teen Wolf pup. Yeah, but you're not going to find it because it doesn't exist on my my laptop. (sighs) Reed, where does it exist? (laughs) You'll never know. Oh, it's on your phone. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. in my <gasps> notebook. It's on Reed's phone. Okay, this is great. Okay. Reed, I'm going to see you this weekend. It's on my phone, yeah, but yeah. it's like not where I'm you hunting. think it would be, which is why I, okay, Ficklets, a very <laughs> long time ago, I wrote like a very bad, very short Teen Wolf plop drabble on my phone, but it's like not, it, it is like buried so deep that I can't remember what on earth I was looking for that made me rediscover it. I was like, I haven't seen this since like t- 2011 or whatever. Um, So 
Also, you also because my phone is now Face ID and no longer a thumbprint, you don't have the same access to my phone. I will change my password. Don't, don't, don't go looking through my, my face stuff. into it. I like don't have a lot of. I don't really have anything hidden away. I think I do use an email for like all of my drafts of stuff that like isn't really any of the emails that you guys have on file but like you can i'm logged in like you just got into my computer you can find it i don't care sounds good (laughs) there's nothing like particularly incriminating anywhere i don't think um i have the forbidden whip but both of you know about it i'm just not speaking of it also like like whip is a strong word it's not in progress anymore (laughs) stuff for me wasn't even anything i wrote it was probably just like the copious amounts of like reblogging Sherlock stuff on my Tumblr like and like the tags of those posts yay but I did delete a lot of them years ago so Brenna and I's early hockey fandom Tumblr DMs (laughs) (laughs) those are good probably (laughs) yeah if I did have to let like anyone go through my internet life unfiltered though it like the two of you are easily oh, i could thanks. hand over my i i can and have handed over my laptop and phone to both of you the same so trustingly in a way that i honestly would not do for anyone else <laughs> um wow the power of friendship and fandom wow hopefully you don't get betrayed okay well i'll just save that audio bite for if that comes to be relevant <laughs> again in the future and on that yeah. note This was a very, very fun fic about a podcast that I'm delighted we got to talk about on our fic podcast. Um, Truly, yeah, just really interesting framing, a lot of fun with the characters, a lot of fun with the OCs, and um, as has probably been made clear, really accessible regardless of how much white collar uh, knowledge you have. Click. That's the sound of Neil Caffrey being put in handcuffs and the untitled goose deleting lines of code on dream width. Let's go into your fic, Nick. Okay. Oh yeah, me? <laughs> My fic for this episode is Untitled Yuletide Fic by Runic Magitech for the fandom's Untitled Goose game, Dream with Fandom, and AO3. Our only character is the goose from Untitled Goose Game. Though you could, I guess, also count droves of fans as very, very side characters in this fic. It's everyone who was participating in Yuletide that year. Uh, this fic was published in 2019 for the Yuletide Exchange, which we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast. Uh, it is an exchange where you write for obscure fandoms, basically. And you get to give someone maybe the only fic in a fandom. Not the case for Untitled Goose Game. People love this funky little goose. But <laughs> it's still qualified, definitely, in 2019. Um, it's about 6,000 words long, and it's a lot of fun. It does some interesting light, I would say, experimental formatting in terms of a little goose to-do list or objectives list. We get some chats and comments on things, uh, some posts done by mods about Yuletide, and a lot of shenanigans from this goose. There are no content warnings for this fic. It is a pretty lighthearted jaunt through AO3 and Dreamwith. I found it really fun. I found it really charming. We tend to bounce around a lot tone-wise on this pod, and I frequently bring stuff that's sad, I feel like, but then sometimes I bring stuff that's whack, so I'm in my whack era. Uh, For this episode only, actually, I'm going back to angst immediately next episode. (laughs) But for right now, we can have a laugh together, so I am excited to chat more about both this fic and also just kind of the place of the goose in fandom as a whole and meta fanworks as a whole. But first, I would love 
have to hear what my coworkers. coworkers. <laughs> <laughs> we are business yeah, partners my coworkers. before we are friends. What my, what my mm-hmm. business partners thought mm-hmm. about this fic. Yes, this was super fun. Um, I feel like for me, this was like peak Yuletide being Yuletide. Um, it's like Yuletide about Yuletide, which is like so good. Um, as you know, we're big Yuletide fans over here. I feel like we promo it a lot on this pod and have discussed many a fan work that has come from it. Um, so it's always fun to go back to that. And this one just has so much like in terms of meta levels for Yuletide. And just like you can tell that this person who wrote it has a lot of experience and like love and joy for Yuletide, I think. Um, so all of those things just like really enhanced my reading experience here. It's also just a very clever, like, it's so internet-y. Like this fic <laughs> yeah. is so like a distillation of like this pocket of internet culture. Um, both like, you know, the time where Untitled Goose Game was big and also just like, Again, Yuletide, fan fiction of this sort, like, it just feels like a distillation of all of these things in, like, such a clever way that I really enjoyed. Um, I think the, like, mechanics of this fic are very fun and, like, well thought out. I love the parts where you get to, like, little windows of people who are, like, participating in Yuletide (laughs) who are, like, commenting on stuff. I feel like made-up internet users is kind of one of my favorite things in, like, meta-y, like, fics, um, or fics that have anything to do with, like, fandom and, like, internet usage. Um, So this one had some of that, which I was just delighted by. Um, And yeah, the end is also very clever and funny. So this was just a really delightful read. I think it also just feels kind of like a perfect thing to bring for fic click. Like, I'm sure a couple of the ficlets have probably already read this um, because there's always a few who do just based on like us putting out like the tweet of what's coming up next. And I'm sure more will after we like release this episode. And I think like they'd all get such a kick out of it. Like it really feels like being something someone would also just like put in our discord and like really be laughing about and stuff. Um, So yeah, I just like I had such a good time with it. It was really fun. Yes, thoroughly agreed with um, everything my co-hosts have said. Brian, just off of what you were just saying about like, oh, I think our ficlets would enjoy it. Um, friend of the pod, Avery Tree, was talking about really enjoying like going to a fic that we've brought and then seeing in the kudos, like <laughs> the three of us back to back, but then also like um, AO3 handles that they know to be like ficlets. Um, and I also really like that, uh, especially when we bring fics that maybe don't have as many kudos because we love to find a niche fic. Um, so then seeing just like all of the little familiar names in the in the kudos bar, it really makes me happy. Um, also, just what we were saying about made up internet users, the last fic was like our pod together and so is this one in the made up internet users interacting with fandom. Um, I guess we're just promoing our pod together. Go listen to it when it comes out which will be some point not too long after this episode, I like think. early September, I think. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, if, if go go look through the Pod Together tag because Pod Together is a really fun event and I'm sure there will be lots of good things in there um, for whatever fandom you're looking for. Anyway, about this fic, it was very fun. And I feel like the meta level concept of the goose going in to fuck with Dream With and fuck with AO3 and delete things and whatever could have lost me in in literally the technical sense of like I might have I feel like it would have been very easy to be confused but I think this author did such a good job of like I could so easily visually see the goose like waddling around on all of these web pages and physically dragging things in its little beak and dropping them off the side of the internet ether to disappear um like I just saw it playing out so clearly in my mind in a way that I think elevated this fic and made it extra fun for me 
Um, I did not play Untitled Goose Game, but I definitely like, yeah, it was a really big moment in fandom. And so I think just like the secondhand knowledge I got from it was enough to make this fic like just a very fun ride. Um, and I will absolutely get into this later, but my favorite character, Sorry to the Goose, was um, our narrator. There was some fascinating stuff like breaking the fourth wall going on that was really like catching my attention as I was reading. And I'm excited to get into that as well. Sorry, also just like rip to the Yuletide mods of this fic. <laughs> Yuletide Truly. is like a behemoth of, event, yeah. of an event to put on and has it's so much nightmare. work that goes onto it. And like there's so much work that goes into it. And to have it messed with in this way, if I was a Yuletide mod, I might just like lay down on the floor and cry. Like it, this <laughs> this might have broken me, to be honest. Yeah, no, same yeah. definitely. And the goose would have loved that. Mm-hmm. It would have been on its little checklist, like emotionally break one of the Yuletide mods, and then it could get its like satisfying Check. little scratch out. <laughs> yeah, that's a sort of a question that I had about this fic, and I think kind of gets to Reed's point also about like, um, or like what Reed wanted to get back to about like the sort of narration and like breaking the fourth wall of this is this checklist that the goose has and i know that that comes from like the game but i feel like it's such an interesting device to have here because it's like who who is presenting the goose with this why does the goose have it why does the goose feel obligated to complete it i do not feel like these are questions that are answered in the thick and they do not need to be um but they are questions i had um um <laughs> uh, like it feels like there is this higher power that is controlling this goose and urging it to wreck uh, chaos and destruction upon um, Yuletide. But, like, who and for what purpose, you know? And I, I think mm. some of the bits of, like, the narration um, that you wanted to get to read, like, also play into that, that there is someone watching all of this and telling us about it in a way that's, like, very interesting and, like, continues to, like, add layers of kind of meta and like fourth wall breaking um i feel like to this fic yeah i was definitely fascinated by the framing of this like with the game mechanics um as we all know i love to be in reed's video game corner and i think bringing the video game in not just in terms of the untitled goose but being like okay like when you play this game you get a checklist because as a player it's nice to have direction but like if we pick up the goose and put it somewhere else now we have like what does that mean for the rest of the mechanics? And it came into play with this, yeah, this narrator who I think the first time it gets brought up is where the fic reads, this wasn't like the village it tormented, I mean, visited. And I was like, hmm, I don't know if this author did this intentionally, but like the implication of the eye has this narrator who's telling us things. It was intentional. This keeps coming up. The further you get into the fic, the more this narrator is like, don't expect realism. This is a fic about a goose. Like, what are you even doing here? Blah, blah, blah. Like, it keeps coming up again and again. And I found it so interesting and so fun. And I kind of found myself, like, waiting for or, like, hoping that the end of the fic would literally just be the narrator straight up being like, anyway, so this is who I am. Or just, like, now it's my turn to talk to you. Like, instead of these little hints, we get these, like, little, like, okay, anyway, you're not here for realism, whatever. Like, instead of those little comments, I really was, like, hoping for just, like, a couple paragraphs straight up of the narrator talking to us um, because I thought that would have been fun. And that didn't happen, and that's totally fine because the fic was still very fun as it was. But I found it just one of the most interesting aspects of this fic. Like, I don't know, when you already have the meta of putting the goose on dream with and ao3 and then you have the extra additional meta of i am telling you a story on ao3 that was written for this like fest that i am breaking or whatever it was just so many levels um and i think it worked well because of the absolute 
absurd premise of this fic and then how the author went about it. I thought that was very fun. I'm also really interested in, and I, I feel like I've mentioned this before, but whenever we bring a fic to the pod that like is humorous, <laughs> I think about a class that I took in undergrad about humor and like literature. Um, specifically this idea that at least as of 2016 or 2017, uh, there was no one like defining, uniting theory of comedy or of humor of like why we find things funny, why certain things are humorous, why we laugh at stuff. People can't really agree. And not only is it not really a psychology question, it like becomes a philosophical question, which I found very interesting. Um, one of the primary theories is that humor stems from things that break expectations and that surprise us in some way. And that surprise can be delight, it can be alarm, it can be just general bog-standard shock. But in all of these ways, it's like things are not the way that you might have expected them to be, or someone doesn't respond in a way that you would expect them to. Or they respond in a way that is so expected that then that becomes unexpected. It's like a very interesting thing to grapple with. And so I was thinking about how breaking expectations tends to really line up with this idea of comedy of the absurd. Um, in this case, I think this is pretty absurd. A little goose running around a website, clicking on stuff and deleting things and causing problems um, is surprising. It is like delightful in a lot of ways. I didn't like laugh out loud when I was reading this fic, but I found it very funny and I found it very sweet and like very compelling to like keep reading and to continue with and to wonder what's going to happen next and how can this get worse. Um, there are a lot of different kinds of train wrecks in fic that you can't take your eyes off of. And this is, I think, one of the most lighthearted and easiest ones to stick with and have fun with, as opposed to, you know, a train wreck where everything is going horrifically and you're just reading it for that reason. I mean, if we're talking books, it reminds me of, um, I have not read it myself actually, but everything I know about A Little Life by, uh, Hanya Yanigahara, I think. Um, anyway trauma everything goes wrong over and over and over again and people just like can't look away because it's like oh my god how is this gonna actually get worse no one describes that book as funny uh, I, sorry <laughs> i like tuned out for a moment um just because my brain and i like thought we were still on the topic of humor and you were like it's like a little life and i was like no one finds that no. book funny which i guess just proves your point sorry <laughs> <laughs> no i had transitioned into talking about train wrecks um because i think in this like thick things do keep getting worse for Yuletide and for the Yuletide mods. Maybe if we were in their POV, this would be an angsty fic. Mm. Um, especially if they don't know that it's a little goose in the server. Just watching everything fall apart and things go wrong. For example, if this was a fic like RPF Yuletide AU and Reed was having a breakdown, then that could be an interesting thing and it would not be funny at all. <laughs> so perspective definitely plays a part. And also the knowledge that like, because there's a little goose this is definitely not real life. And so it's easier and more fun to like laugh at and make fun of the misfortune of people because this isn't actually happening to anybody and it will never happen to anybody in this world that we live in. Um, so I think that makes it safer to experience as a humorous concept, even though, yeah, the Yuletide bots are really going through it in this fic. I do feel like it would still be possible though to write it from the yuletide's mods perspective and make it funny like you oh, could yeah. also make it angsty or like you could even make it kind of like suspenseful because a they thriller. reference it like as like a uh, virus that's like goose.exe or something <laughs> yeah. um so it could even be like this hunt against or like this like hunt to find this like 
bot that's attacking them and like this race against time to like save Yuletide and stuff from their perspective. Kind of like the Ikea stop the car commercial thing. Honestly, we yeah. We have to stop people from ending the world, but it's still very funny and absurd. And then the Yuletide mods have to go to Dutch Bros and then it's a oh. crossover. <gasps> Um, Therius, um, who is the author of the Ikea Start the Car fic, if you're listening, I've got a great pitch for you for <laughs> this year's upcoming Yuletide. God, I found myself going through such a range of emotions about the goose in this fic, where at cer- certain points I empathized with it, such as like when it first gets onto the Yuletide page and it's so confused because it has to like mess with the tag set. And it's like, where's the tag set? And I was like, you know what? Me too. I've done Yuletide three years in a row <laughs> yes, now. And so it's true. Listen, like, Yuletide, I think, is very well organized. Like, it definitely has, like, all of its... I was going to say ducks in a row. I... mm, Oh, well. (laughs) I know. I Okay, anyway. Like, Yuletide definitely has, like, a method of organization. It's just not one I've learned very well, and I find myself every year, like, where is the info I need? Um, I need, like, a few links to be, like, highlighted at the top of every page that, mm -hmm. like, aren't. (laughs) Because I'm always lost. (laughs) Yeah. Um... But then also one of the things that I was like, wow, I wish I could be the goose. I wish I could do this. The As the Yuletide mods are trying to figure out what's going on and the goose like makes everyone a mod, the actual mods are like, like, please refrain from like posting or like blah, blah, blah. And the goose is like not having it. So it literally just grabs the post, yanks it out of dream with and drops it into the nothingness void. And I was like, I love I wish I wish if I didn't like things I could just yank them out of existence so easily like I too wish I could just sort of waddle over grab something pull and be like not a problem anymore um but unfortunately things are not as easy for me in real life as they are for the goose in this fic the goose has it easy it truly does wow imagine if life was like this if I was just like I just want to cause problems and then I'm gonna get rewarded for them and it's gonna be very easy okay in my life actually it is very easy to cause problems Um, (laughs) and I do so easily and I'm rewarded by my own joy but then I have to eventually face the consequences of my actions this goose is just living it up and that's it imagine being put on this planet as a goose and your purpose is just to cause problems what a dream Also, thinking back to what you were saying about humor and how different framing can make something funny or not funny, something I was very briefly reminded of, um, wow, am I going to mention another movie neither of you have seen? Have either of you watched, and I know you know this one, Everything Everywhere All at Once? Oh, Nick has watched it. No, I was lying. I haven't. Nick! (laughs) I want to see it. I nodded, but I have have not seen it. Yeah. um, It was exactly as emotionally devastating as all of the TikToks and tweets and stuff made me think it would be. Very, very fucking good. But there's a bit where, I don't know, there's a tear in the universes and there's a black hole and it's a whole, there's a whole song about being like sucked into a bagel, the bagel being the black hole void. Um, Nice. And I was thinking about that at the beginning of this fic where the goose goes to bring a bell to a ravine or something and then a black hole sucks up all the bells and then the goose itself, that's how it ends up on Dream with an AO3. And it was the parallel of like, in the movie, everything, everywhere, all at once, the whole okay i mean like sucked into a bagel and that whole narrative like yes it is funny but also because of the context of everything else going on it's also like wretchedly devastating like there's a bit where there are rocks and and people in the theater were laughing and i was like i am sobbing what anyway this doesn't matter it's things that could be absurd but instead because of the context of everything else around it have a really big emotional impact versus in this fic it's like well i need a reason to get the goose on to dream with so i'm just gonna black hole who cares? Not not a problem. And like the author straight up is or the the not the author but the fourth wall breaking narrator is like <laughs> don't 
don't worry about it. This is the device I'm using to make this fic work. And you just have to accept it. Mind your own business. Exactly. But it was like, it was funny because of it, like because of the framing of the rest of the fic. So one thing I did want to talk about with this fic is the inherent meta-ness of tagging your fic that you posted on AO3 with the fandom AO3. Uh, because, okay, so I clicked through, um, I was looking at this yesterday, the AO3 fandom tag is, uh, is not been marked common and can't be filtered on yet. Uh, its parent tag is just no media, which I guess makes sense. Uh, but you can technically still like click to find works that have been sinned to it. I guess, or that like have it on there as a thing. It's a little bit confusing. I admit I don't know the best how AO3 tags work despite using the site now for approximately 10 years. <laughs> oh my god. And posting quite a lot of works onto it. And also um, having actually, like ficlets who are tag wranglers who have like talked about yes, the details. And I'm like, this is fascinating so and cool. and none of it sticks in my brain. I still don't understand anything. <laughs> I did bookmark a work on AO3. Actually, I'm going to find it and I'm going to tell the ficlets about it because it's really cool. If you were wondering about tags and learning more about them, you easily can. Uh, if you go to Staring into the Tag Vortex, AO3 Tagging Demystified by Just Some AO3 Tips for the Fandom AO3 Tags. It's three chapters, 3K, really cool like formatting and stuff with Venn diagrams and things that explains basically the taxonomy of fic tags and how there's like parent tags and then the sub tags of it and like how those work I really did not know and now I know a lot more about it so apparently like the more narrow you search obviously the more narrow your results are going to be but you can still find things like under these different categories it's cool it's interesting go look at that I like it um, but I do always find it interesting. Yeah, like the the fandom fandom AO3 tag is a pretty big one that I feel like I see every Yuletide. There's also like the knitting fandom. That's like anthropomorphic knitting tools that like comes up every Yuletide. Like, sure, why not? Um, I just think it is really, really fascinating. Maybe we're going back to this idea of like consumption of like eventually it will just turn in and like eat itself because they're not in a bad way, but in a like, if everything is potentially transformative if we could transform literally anything and like turn around and look at stuff and figure things out um in i believe it was voice team a pod ficking event uh last year two years ago there was a team that was the water team and they wrote fix about different kinds of water like one of the characters was fiji water and another character was arrowhead water and i was like yeah i guess why not there are so many questions we can ask about like what is fan fiction what makes it fic and like i love that fandom oftentimes just discards that question as being unuseful because like who cares we're having a good time there is no set of like explicit parameters that make something fake or not fake that makes something like a useful fan work or an unuseful fan work or a valuable fan work like let's just have some fucking fun i really like that Amen. and i feel like yeah and i feel like this fic is a really solid example of the ways in which we will just look around us like wow talk about writing what you know <laughs> Um, yeah, and imagining all of these scenarios and pulling our lives into the pieces of us that love to make and create just because we're excited about stuff. Yeah. I feel like being deep in the AO3 tag on AO3 is just like the peak of like fandom Ouroboros. <laughs> like, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we found the singularity of the black hole. <laughs> I'm still thinking about everything everywhere all at once. Ficklets who have seen this movie, I hope that you are here with me as well. Yeah, I'm here with you, Reed. Oh, thank you. I'm like tangential to you. Oh, 
I'll take it. <laughs> so that was our discussion on Untitled Yuletide fic and also a lot of things that are tangential to Untitled Yuletide fic but that we still wanted to talk about. So shout out to our author, Runic Magitech, for writing such a fun fic and letting us have some fun in its vicinity. I always love talking about meta fandom, so always nice to have an excuse to do so. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Fic Click. Um, it's one of many at this point. There are many more that you could go listen to if you haven't, or you could even re-listen if you want. Um, just putting that out there in case you were unaware that we have many more episodes than this one. Um, the early ones are a little iffy, but like there's some really good ones in the middle and later. Um, just if saying. you saw the title episode 59 and we're like, this is probably the first episode. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, just in case someone like clicked yeah, yeah. on it but wasn't really sure. Yeah. Um, there are lots. If you've listened to all of them or listened to the ones that you wanted to listen to and feel like you would like more Fic Click, um, you can find us on social media, uh, particularly on Twitter at Fic Click. Um, you can also email us at FicClickPod at gmail.com. I won't even get into my disappointment about the lack of bloodless emails. It's fine, I guess. Um, we got and one. And, and got I one. need to shout out. Thank you so much. You know who you are who sent the bloodless email. And you are our favorite. Yeah. Facts. We're making a little Silently finger hearts off camera. <laughs> <laughs> little finger hearts off or on camera, off mic. And if you would like to chat with us um, and other ficlets, you can always join our Discord as well. You can find the link to that on our Twitter. We never plug this on the show in the outro, but I feel like I should also mention, um, and it is pinned on our Discord server, we have a form if you want a fic to be discussed on our show and you think it'd be a really good fit. It's entirely possible. Like we look in there sometimes. People have submitted some stuff. We have pulled fix from in there. So if you want to submit a fic that you think would be a good fit for a discussion, feel free. We're always accepting recommendations, especially for those episodes where right before we were all scrambling because we're like, oh my god, I forgot that I needed to get a fic in time. So just a reminder about that. Uh, you can also give us money. Yeah, just give us money. Um, if you want merch, <laughs> we have merchandise. Uh, it is linked in our Twitter. It's our Redbubble shop. Uh, there's some really cute designs. You can get all kinds of fun stuff, including like a bunch of stickers. Stickers are our best sellers. So if you want a sticker to put it on something, you can do that and help your three hosts out. Yeah. In my intro, I talked about um, pairing up Lewis and Yibo because of their good fashion. And, and you too could have good fashion by purchasing <laughs> things from the Fit Click Redbubble. If you can't help us out monetarily, you can also help us out just by spreading the good word of FitClick, by retweeting us, telling your friends, um, posting on message boards? I don't know. Oh, sure. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Post on Neo boards. Don't. On Neopets. Mm, you actually, you don't want to post on the Neo boards. I'm the primary Neopets expert on this podcast, and um, Neopets recently had a breach where a lot of passwords were leaked, and it's actually like pretty <laughs> oh, bad. No. And also the website's like really gone down the drain in the past number of years, so... Post on maybe different message boards, oh, but Webkins. yeah, if they have if they have message boards, I can't Club remember. Penguin. Post on like an obscure '90s Star Trek message board that like still <laughs> exists for some reason, but probably hasn't been touched in like 20 years. Take out an ad in a zine. <gasps> Take out an ad in your local newspaper. Maybe yeah. if you think if you think people in your local area are chill about fic and fandom. Anyway, yes, uh, it just really helps us out if you um, sort of interact with our content and spread it to people who you think might like it. 
Ooh, use fic click as a throwaway mention in dialogue in your next fic. Ooh. Have a character just mention listening to the latest episode. That, you absolutely could do that. Our next episode will be coming out on September 2nd. It is um, our monthly themed episode. It is called Remember September, and we will get more into what that means in that episode. But Brenna, what are you bringing? My pick for next episode is Curving Like the Ocean Toward You by Jism. It is for the fandom Hawaii Five O. Reed, what's your pick? My pick is By No Ordinary Means of Communication by Laughter Shock. It's for the fandom Skyfall 2012, and the pairing is James Bond slash Q. And Nick, what's your pick for Remember September? Oh, I'm so excited. My pick is called Maelstrom by Liminal Weirdo. It's for the fandom BuzzFeed Unsolved RPF. Shockingly, the pairing is Shane slash Ryan. I've had this fic in my back pocket literally since we started the podcast, so I'm so excited to finally talk about it. Hey, ficlets. Honk, 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 honk. Bye. Hey, ficlets. I'm off to start another podcast. Oh, God. Oh, no. This one's enough work as is. Hey, ficlets. I'm off to continue working on this podcast that you all know and love. Bye. Hey, Ficklets, I'm probably honestly not off to some alternate dimension uh, where I had a realization early on about a traumatic childhood upbringing and then changed the trajectory of my life. I'll probably just be here. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) 